Hello, sweet ones, and welcome to the Soul Medicine Podcast. I am your host, Liz Nerland, and I have created this space to nourish you with guided meditations, to support your healing journey with Reiki practices, and to inspire, lead, and teach developing healers and intuitives. I invite you now to breathe deeply, to open your mind, to expand your heart space, and to call your soul to rise to the surface as you settle in to receive these offerings. Let's get started. Hello, hello, sweet ones, and welcome back to the Soul Medicine Podcast. I am your host, Liz Nerland. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I am going to answer a question that has dropped into my Instagram inbox a few times this week, and it's been asked different ways, but it really boils down to this. Is there room for God in Reiki? Yes. (laughs) If you're looking for the short answer, it's yes. If you are looking for the long answer, keep listening. So while in the West, we generally think of Reiki as a system of energy healing, it is actually first and foremost, a non-denominational spiritual practice. So key at the end of Reiki, this word key refers to universal life force. This is often also referred to as chi, as prana, as spirit, as Christ consciousness, as the quantum field, as the one, as creator, as source. For me, all of these terms are interchangeable with key. So not only is there space for God in Reiki, there is actually no such thing as Reiki without God, without source, without creator. So a successful Reiki practitioner is not someone that is a source of key. And this is something that I cover time and time and time again in my trainings is like, you are not the source of key. You are training to be a channel. So an effective Reiki practitioner succeeds by actually softening all the ways that we grip onto our ego. We have to soften our attempts to control things, including the outcome of our session. We don't actually get to decide what healing looks like for someone else. All that we can do is to let go, to empty ourselves of ourselves so that God Key, chi, creator, source, the one can move through us, can guide our actions. We have to get out of the way and let God move through us. That is what Reiki is. That is ultimately what we are moving towards. A common follow-up question is, Do the practitioner and client need to have the same religious beliefs for this to work? And I'm going to break this down in a couple ways. First of all, for me personally, I believe the practitioner needs to have some concept of a higher power because the whole system is built on channeling this God energy. If you don't open to a higher power as a practitioner, you are immediately limited to what you can do as a human 
And let me tell you, the wow factor in that is limited at best. Not only will this kind of practitioner likely burn out because they are going to try so hard, but also the power of the Reiki session, it comes from channeling something beyond ourselves. So if you are a practitioner with no concept of a higher power, even if you don't like the word God, you have to at least have some idea or concept of source or of a unified field, a quantum field, something like that, that you are allowing to move through you. If you don't, this is probably not the best path for you. You're just going to really struggle with the, the absolute foundation, which is allowing yourself to be a channel of a higher power. So the practitioner has to have some concept of a higher power. And the more, that, again, that we empty ourselves of ourselves and open to something divine, the more powerful the sessions and the experience will be for both the practitioner and the client. Um, I obviously think that it would be possible that the grace of God could override an atheist practitioner, but working co-creatively. So consciously opening through prayer, calling in this higher power and asking them to move through you, this is going to be the most effective path as a Reiki practitioner. And you might be like, I'm a really good Reiki practitioner and I don't believe in a higher power. And that's fine. I definitely wouldn't be the teacher for you. Um, because I, I think that you're going to be limited. I think as long as you are doing this on your own, of your own individual power, you're going to be limited. Now, as far as the client, um, a good Reiki practitioner can achieve powerful results even if the client is not a believer in a higher power because a well-trained and experienced practitioner Uh, Not only are they going to be channeling this divine energy, but they will also be able to support the recalibration of a client's nervous system. Uh, This is often beyond the scope of most Reiki trainings, uh, especially any really traditional trainings, but there are tried and true and scientifically proven methods that you can use to help transition your client out of the physiology of stress and into the physiology of renewal and healing. So you can do this with different uh, forms of touch, uh, guiding the client's breath or guiding them through like a meditation or non-sleep deep rest script to help calm the mind, to help draw their attention and awareness back into the body and to actually shepherd them into a state of deep relaxation. Once a client is in this state of deep relaxation, then they may be receptive to the grace that they experience in the session, to the grace of the divine that is coming through the practitioner. And they may not even have a name for it, and that's okay, but I think often they experience it. It is hard to connect to spirit when you are slogged down physically with the hormones of stress. You are like your whole physiology is primed for survival and it makes it really hard to move into this expansive state of connection to oneness, connection to spirit, to God. And so even if the client comes in 
not looking for a spiritual experience when they come into a state of deep relaxation, physiological relaxation, there is a chance that they may feel it and they will be like, I don't know what this is. I feel lighter. I feel better. I feel happier. Now, as far as do the client and practitioner have to have the same beliefs, this really comes down to your own personal preferences and needs of both the practitioner and the client. For me personally, and I'm not saying this is what you need to do. Um, I'm not, I'm also not interested if you think I'm doing it wrong. For me personally, I will use in my session work whatever terminology, whatever names resonate with the client for their session. And then when I am doing my own practice for myself, I use my own terminology. I use my own concepts of higher power that work for me. The way I see it, I don't worry about agreeing on how to say the word sun. In English, I would say sun. In French, you would say soleil. Uh, others may say soul or zon. Look, I'm more interested in guiding someone to actually the, feel the warmth of the sunshine on their skin, to observe the way that the sun helps your food grow, to experience the sun, than to try to convince everyone that it has to be pronounced one particular way because there's going to be different perspectives. There's going to be different mental programming. And in a world that is desperate for more connection to source, a culture that is dying to have a deeper connection to creator, to God, I personally am not going to waste time on philosophy or semantics or terminology. If you, the client, can connect to the God of your own unique understanding, and through that connection, you live rooted in values of love and kindness and servitude, then I am going to give you a huge high five and cheer you on as you spread that light into the world. I have no interest in trying to convince you that my terms are better than yours. If you are letting God move through you, if you are connecting to spirit and letting that uplift your energy, your life, and the effect that you have on others, for me, I have no need to convince you that you should pray in a different way or to a different name or anything. That's just me. Saying that, I think it also lands that some people will use very specific terms for God as they understand it, and they will be unwavering in their terminology. Their practices will be there to serve whoever resonates with that particular terminology. And it's just not going to be for people who don't. And I think there is a need for this too. So if you are a practitioner and you have a really, really strong Christian faith and you bring Jesus into your sessions, you are then inviting clients who do the same. And that's perfect. That is the perfect way to show up for those clients and to honor your own connection to God as you understand it. Others may resonate more with some concept of a female goddess. They may have a name for it. They may not. And the way that they speak, the terminology they use, the way they invoke 
the divine in their sessions is going to be very different. And it's not going to be there to serve those Christian people. It is going to be there to serve the other humans are who are really connected with this concept of female goddess energy. Both, in my opinion, are fine. And I think that there is a need for leaders of different faiths to offer that. That in these sessions, this is the God we're working with. I fully support that. So if you are coming in with a very particular faith and belief system and you want to work with that, yes, do it. Um, so there's no right or wrong as an absolute. It is something that will be right or wrong for you in how you show up and the terms you use. And so as a practitioner, get clear on what is actually true for you and how you want to show up and who you want to serve because you don't, you don't have to practice the way I do. You might, that just like might make your stomach turn and be like, no, that is like blasphemy. And I'm not going to try to convince you that that's wrong. If that's how you feel, then that's right for you and you need to do it your way. Uh, some people have then asked me, uh, you know, if, if we have different ideas of what God is, then like, how do we know for sure if we are working with God or if it's actually evil forces at work? <laughs> so first, I think people can feel the difference between what is divine and what is evil. If you are connected to the divine, you are going to feel hopeful. You are going to feel a sense of faith that actually puts you at ease because you are trusting that there is a higher power at work beyond just our own intelligence. There's something greater. And so you move into this faith that actually lets you soften and trust and relax. If you are connected to the divine, you're going to feel expansiveness and you are going to feel a love that pulls you beyond ordinary perception, a love so strong that it pulls you beyond the normal boundaries that you put around yourself in your life. That is what it feels like to connect to God. If you are working with an evil force, you are going to feel fear. You are going to feel contracted. You are going to feel a sense of separation and a sense of hate. You will likely feel it in your body. Your jaw will clench. Your stomach will clench. And emotionally, you are not going to feel expansive. You are going to feel like you're shutting down and walling off and defensive. And so there is a very distinct difference between whether you are working with God, with a higher power, or if you are under the influence of like lower forces. So, you know, this is just coming through right now, but if you are saying a prayer or chanting or engaging in a practice that connects you to the divine. Think about how you feel after that practice. There is an upliftment, an expansiveness, an ease in your body and mind. If you spend a lot of time scrolling doomsday messages on social media or major media outlets, you're going to feel like 
kind of terrified, super confused, dark energy, that's the difference. You will know it. You will feel it. It is night and day. You're not going to accidentally think you're working with God when you're not. It's just not going to happen. Um, this second response that I would have to this idea of like, am I working with divine energy or evil forces? At the very start of the session, the first pillar of a Reiki session, and I always tell people, do not rush this part. This is the most important part of the session is to start in prayer, to invoke the energy of key, to literally pray or set the intention that you are opening yourself up as a vessel to the divine and you are asking the client to also do the same. If you know the name of the client's concept of God, you can use that or you can simply invite them to invoke the higher power of their own unique understanding. This is so critical because this, again, is what the Reiki practice is all about. Where you place your hands means nothing if you are not opening to source, if you are not connecting to a higher power. This is where all of the real power of these sessions comes from. It is a spiritual practice first. So you have to connect with spirit before you get into the doing aspect of the sessions. And so when you lay this foundation of the session, the practitioner opens in prayer, the receiver opens in prayer, then you are setting the tone that you are connecting only with the highest power. You are not inviting in evil forces. You are actually repelling them. And in most major religions, they say, if you simply say the name of your God, it will dispel darkness. And so every session starts this way. So is there room for God in Reiki? There is no Reiki without God, without source, without divine energy. God is Reiki. Reiki is divine energy being channeled. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I would love to hear your thoughts on this, if it resonates, if it doesn't. I'm curious to hear how it lands. The best place to connect with me is on my Instagram. My handle is at Liz Nerland. That is at L-I-Z-N-E-R-L-A-N-D. I would love to keep the conversation going there. If you are interested in Reiki trainings, I offer live online trainings um, most months. And I also offer live in-person trainings in Squamish, British Columbia. This is in Canada, uh, four times a year. So the next live in-person training is coming up in March. And the next level two online training is February 25th. So if you are curious about training, I would love to hear from you. I can drop the link to the uh, training registration in the show notes, but 
Even better is to hop over to Instagram, say hello, and let's just chat and see if we are a good fit to work together in this capacity. All right, sending you so much love until next time, sweet one.